0: This is Mark Day from Electric Cafe, and you're listening to Pixelated Audio, episode 134.
1: Welcome to Pixelated Audio, a podcast
2: focusing on game audio, its history, and the people behind it. We're your hosts, I'm Brian and this is Gene, and today we're joined by composer Mark Day from Electric Cafe, and we're going to be playing music and talking about his work on Aqua Kitty, as well as a few other projects. Welcome to the show.
0: Hi guys, thanks for having me.
2: This is long overdue. We've been wanting you on the show for, for years now. and We're glad that you're finally here. Yeah, <laughs> I, think <I'm, laughs> I think I messaged uh, Mark about th- yeah, three or four years ago and we had planned on getting things going and whatever happened just fell through the cracks, but I'm really excited that we're here today um, and able to talk about this kind of music that's just been keeping a, a place in the back of my mind for a very long time, so uh, really excited. That track that we came in with was the title theme from Aqua Kitty. Which we actually played way back in episode 20 march of 2015 <laughs> because we loved it so much mark why don't you tell us about this track a little bit
0: yeah it's um it's aqua kitty um it was a, a project um started by dugan of uh, tiki pod and he he's a great lover of uh, chris walsbeck <laughs> so he said um i have known dugan for a few years and um, worked on some nintendo ds stuff um for some companies before, and um, he wanted something upbeat, in a sort of Turrican, R-type kind of style, and uh, it was easy for me, because I'm a big fan of Hallsbeck myself, so I listened to a lot of uh, his music, and yeah, I just chat, he's okay with me saying this, I'm pretty sure I'd spoken to Chris before, and uh, <laughs> yeah he, he knows um, and he's he's email, he emailed me about it actually so to, he enjoyed the soundtrack so um, yeah uh, <laughs> that's where the inspiration came from so
1: nice well that's great to hear i actually do know chris somewhat personally because he yeah. uh, runs a meetup group here in the bay area about half the year and uh it's kind of weird to meet somebody that you've looked up to for such a long time, but that's a separate yeah. story
2: for another day. <laughs> and we actually had him on the show a few years back. Yeah, that's uh, right. to talk about his work on Jim Power.
0: Yeah, it's. Um, I heard that actually, and <laughs> nice. when I, I Skype with Chris, it was a bit like that for me. It's like um, you know, talking to one of your heroes. You know, I used to play all those Amiga games when I was uh, you know like ten to fifteen years old, and then I'm, now I'm talking to this guy so. <laughs> um, but it's cool It's a real feeling, yeah Yeah, yeah, you know He was a really nice guy And he um, had nice things to say about my music So
2: it's nice Awesome, well that's why we're talking about it today It's a really great soundtrack I know it uh, came out a few years ago now And it's uh, kind of overdue for an episode for us To you know kind of showcase and spotlight it But what a great way to start the, the game It has a ton of energy In fact, this theme is what made me fall in love with the game Even before I played the game And um I think I got it for Vita or something at the time. It was like one of my first Vita games. And I started up and just heard this music and was instantly like, oh man, this is! I cannot wait to, to sink my teeth into this and, and really absorb all the, the music and, uh, you know, the craziness of uh, Aqua Kitty.
0: Yeah, I remember on a previous show, um, I heard he was talking about, oh, you know, which sounds we used and stuff like that. And um, I can tell you what I used. It was a, actually an Atari ST synth. To do that whole soundtrack. Um, I think it's called YMVST. Nice. And it it produces some really really cool sort of sounds. Um, I'm I'm a big of going fan of that for,
1: in, Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's
0: it's 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 you know it's different. <laughs> so you you can't get some of the sounds from some other VSTs. And I remember you sort of talking about the pulse waves and yeah, you know, it has a real particular sound
2: really gritty but like bright square waves yeah like Um, that can only
0: run it on windows and since i moved to mac i can't use anymore so or i use i use chip sands for that kind of stuff now so um (laughs) nice but yeah i'm i'm thinking of um somehow sort of trying to resurrect it (laughs) get it working on the mac
2: it's a matter of time before somebody ports it or it's just like hey it's we're overdue or or you can use a crossover or, or uh, wine or something like that. Maybe there's a, there's a few
1: bridge applications yeah. I think for yeah, plugins yeah.
2: specifically. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: Some of those take
1: ages
2: to set
0: up, so I just you know, <laughs> start looking at them just and it, up. It's, yeah, I, you know, I've got I've got to get on this stuff.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, let's get into the game just a little bit, just to give a quick overview. Aqua Kitty is an underwater arcade shooter where you defined milk mining kittens from being abducted by clearing the sea of waves of robotic fish. to cross between Defender, Gradius, a couple other arcade classics in that sort of horizontal shooter tradition. And it's actually, uh, you mentioned that the game has been around for a few years. I actually just picked it up a few years ago, like maybe a year or so ago. It still holds up really well. It's one of those classic arcade games that
2: you can always pick it up and play it. It doesn't matter really how old it is. It doesn't really age because like it, it's got like uh, high res graphics, fantastic music, and uh, runs on all the you know the latest stuff. So I mean, it's like I, if you released it this year, nobody would know that it was just you know that it was released you know ten whatever years ago now or, or however many uh, eight years ago <laughs> or something <laughs> like that. Um, but let's let's quickly talk about TikiPod because this is the company that developed it. TikiPod. Uh, Limited is a UK-based independent game development company that started in 2009 by Dugan Jackson that uh, Mark was mentioning earlier. Dugan has a background in game development, mostly in art and design, and has been in the industry since the late 90s doing art and graphics for other dev companies. We saw a bunch of stuff for um, some learning software and uh, some stuff, I think, EA games he had done some work on. Um, but Dugan and his team bring decades of experience into making addictive arcade style action games. And TikiPod also created games like Rock Boschers and Iron Cryptical. Uh, both are challenging top down arena uh, games with eight way directional firing, most similar to arcades like Robotron and Gauntlet, and stuff like that. TikiPod has also assisted other developers over the years, including Curve Studio Stealth Inc., uh, Jaw Games Gravity Crash, and Gravity Crash Ultra and OmniSystems Games, Floria. Yeah, they've been pretty big in the indie scene. I've
1: seen I've seen a lot of those names uh, jumping around. Uh, so I, I I actually
2: have played all of their games except for Iron Cryptical, and they're really good. Had a lot of fun with them. Iron Cryptical looks really fun, actually. I was looking at that just like a few nights ago. So, so let's go ahead and get into another track before we uh, ask Mark a few more questions here. This next one is called Buttermilk Bay, and we'll be right back. That was Buttermilk Bay from Aqua Kitty, composed by Electric Cafe or Mark Day.
1: This is a fun little tune. It's the tutorial area in the game, so it's a little bit more upbeat and uh, eases you in. Yeah, I I really love this tune, but it sort of uh, hides how hard this game really is. <laughs> I, I've been playing it a lot over the last couple of days just to get a ready for too the show. little and I like, it's, it's sort of misleading because the game gets brutally hard
2: later on, even on easy. Yeah. Mark, tell us about this track.
0: Yeah, it's true. It does get hard that game. Um, yeah, the track is I wanted it to be a bright opening, you know, lots of energy and make it feel like it's fun to play. Um, there's definitely some, um, Bob Hubbard inspiration in this one <laughs> for <years> of solo <laughs> section towards the end. Um, but yeah, it's um, it's just one of those those compositions. I just sat down, had a sort of mild idea of what I was going to do, and then two hours later, it's done. <laughs> <laughs> wow! It's, it's how the best tracks are done. So, I, if I if I spend more than um, you know, like two days on a track, I know it's it's not a good one. So. <laughs>
2: You're reiterating over the, the the thing and kind of beating it down. Yeah, um, we talked to other. Oh, absolutely. We talked to other composers that had the same kind of thing. You know, if you overthink it, then you start like working into something that was against your original idea, and that just turns into something that's just not worth doing at that point. So,
0: yeah, I mean, um, it's sort of we are doing this, uh, you know, sequel at the moment, and one of the hardest tracks to write was the, the Buttermilk Bay track for the new one because um, everyone likes this track. <laughs> so there's all this pressure all of a sudden. It's like, oh, I've got to write another quality, you know, like a track of that quality. And I can't screw you, this up. You can't just sit down and do that. It's, it's impossible. <laughs> so, yeah, right. you know, it's... Um,
2: the expectations have been set, yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's the track that everyone talks about.
2: It's this one. Right. Oh, I love that little, like like, scratchy, glitchy sound. That really reminds me of, like... Like the uh, like ZX Spectrum like demo scene yeah, like, yeah. St- like or games and stuff from from that uh, from that system um, that YM chip really comes through yeah
0: yeah I wanted to create that sub sort of chip tune um, percussion you know a little rhythmic thing at the at the start and it, it runs throughout in the background and actually that's what really gives it its energy it's this like funky little chip percussion.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. So uh, let's back up a second here. How did you get into uh, composing? How did you get into music?
0: Um, I had um, I had an Amiga when I was. My dad had bought. Uh, I've got two brothers, and my dad bought uh, an Amiga for Christmas. I think nineteen eighty nine. And um, yeah, um, I had an older brother. He's six years older, so his mates would come round and they bring all these, you know, pro tracker and stuff around, and I just. I think I was 10, just in awe of all this stuff they're doing. So I started um, tinkering with ProTracker and started remixing some of the tracks they'd been doing. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) And then presenting them back in a sort of Frankenstein state. And uh, yeah, that that was it really, just I learned by writing um, mod music. And then got the uh, action replay, and you can rip music from games and stuff, and steal all their samples and <laughs> make your own stuff from it. So yeah, that was that was how I got into sort of the beginnings of composition. Um, I went to university to study composition properly, uh, got a degree in that. <laughs> but uh, it's it's a funny thing going to university. Um, I found it. Um, it made me less free you know i was more rigid <laughs> once i finished university so now i knew you know certain things worked whereas before university i used to be a lot more oh you know i just throw anything
2: in and that's you know. really interesting that you, you know, bring that I up i had the
1: exact same experience i actually had to unlearn some of those habits some of them yeah. are pretty good I, i'll admit you know some of the rigid practices can be helpful yeah. for structure but sometimes you're like why do I have to follow
2: that rule? That yeah. you know,
1: it's the 21st century. <laughs> exactly.
2: You know, you made a really good point though, because um, we had a, a, a chat with Berlin S, the team that uh, did Greece. Uh, Greece. Yeah, the team that did Greece, and uh, the they were saying the exact same thing. Like, you know, um, one of their uh, main composers had no formal education in or background in composition, and had a lot more freedom with exploration and stuff with sound and, and composition. And then yeah. uh, some of the more classically trained uh, composers kind of re like brought him back in on certain things so I could see kind of the best of both worlds there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
1: So you mentioned you'd actually worked with Dugan a little bit and I don't have the credits, but you said you worked on some DS projects together. Which ones were those?
0: Uh, worked on um, Operation Vietnam. It's a sort of canon. Do you remember Cannon fodder? It's a little bit like that. Oh, yes. oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's got, it's got a military soundtrack for that one. I, I do all the sound effects um, usually for these projects too. So. And then I think we did, I think it was Wonder World Amusement Park for the Wii, um, which unfortunately t- it wasn't a great game. Um, it sounds
2: a g- like a wonderful game.
0: <laughs> it's one of those multi, uh, you know, like the party games. But yeah, it wasn't—it wasn't a good game. <laughs> and, uh, it's, it's the one that I,
2: you know, I
0: wish I hadn't done kind of thing. Um, but the music was good in it.
2: <laughs> well, you know, you're in good company though. You're yeah. in good company because a lot of like really excellent composers with excellent soundtracks work on a lot of really bad games. Yeah. And so. Uh, yeah.
0: I'm pretty sure I think Dugan worked on that and I'm pretty sure
2: he doesn't mention it in
0: his credits <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't think anybody's judging you for it but it is fun to hear where people ended up working on projects especially with game credits being as confused as they are sometimes it's better to hear it directly from people rather than try to guess
0: yeah you're not always sure when when you agree to you know sort of a project and they show you you know what they're doing they show you some of the stuff um, it's quite early on sometimes so you just you sort of yeah, yeah that looks good that's gonna be that's gonna be cool but um sometimes it really it doesn't pan out so <laughs> it's uh, it's yeah it's the ups and downs of um composition and games
2: get the work that you can that's uh the most important yeah, thing and the sure. good thing is like people people like us are gonna hear it eventually so <laughs> you're not your work isn't just going to into the you know into the cupboard and never getting heard so that's good uh speaking of music let's get into um another track here this is creamy cove composed by mark day <laughs>
1: That was Creamy Cove from
2: Aqua Kitty, composed by Mark Day, a.k.a. Electric Cafe. I love this track. This is so fun. And uh, it's got it's got a lot of energy. All the tracks have a lot of energy in this game, but uh, it yeah. just has this really nice bounce to it that uh, I really, really like. They do. This
1: one reminds me a lot of another soundtrack from that era, Bionic Commando Rearmed. It's another favorite. It's uh, got a very similar kind of energy to it kind of that retro mixed with modern
2: i i, I love the style of music <laughs> i know and you can't go wrong without uh with arps you know like
0: you just can <laughs> <go wrong. laughs> <Arpeggios>, yeah
2: <laughs> yeah
0: it's um that was obviously um a little bit from sort of commodore 64 chip tuny sort of stuff in there um it's um yeah it's a nice laid-back vibe i think to this track um Again, and I, I didn't have a plan for this. Um, I just sat down one day. <laughs> it's going to be the story for every track. I just sat down and uh, yeah, I. You don't want it to have as much energy as the second one. You know, it's kind of getting a little, little bit more serious now. You want sort of. Um, I think it's like level four or something. This one comes in or level five or something.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's a second world. I second, guess. Yeah, yeah, second zone. That's <laughs> it. And you,
0: you've been yeah, sort of brutalized in five levels previously so um yeah the track worked out nicely and um yeah i don't don't really have much more to say about it so <laughs> well no, no.
2: <laughs> <laughs> we'll just we'll just copy and paste like every answer to every every uh every yeah, track huh? thing, yeah. Yeah, just to, <laughs> we'll just end the interview now um so uh real quick mark tell yeah. us about uh in your own words what is Aqua Kitty all about? What's the story behind Aqua Kitty?
0: <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> I want to watch you yes. struggle with this a little bit. It's um, it's, it's well, it's not too far off what's happening these days. So it's I think the milk has run out and um, cats are mining into the rocks to uh, to get the frothy, full fat milk from from underground. And uh, that's where you get it from, yeah? Um, oh, yeah. And uh, yeah. And there's some robot fish trying,
2: trying to destroy them at the same time. You pretty much summed it up. So I, yeah. I, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll go Dude, ahead and it's not be it not going to be happy again. with me about that one. <laughs> no, that's, that's uh, okay. not
1: that that's like, from the description we have. I know. So <laughs>
2: due to a sudden milk shortage, uh, cats around the world are forced to seek out new sources to get their fix you and your team of milk mining kittens have overcome a fear of water to drill down under the ocean you know everybody seems to forget oh yeah cats do hate water that's right so this is even more strange um so uh under the ocean seabed to begin extracting vast reserves of what seems to be naturally forming full fat milk um get ready for yeah get ready for (laughs) fast-paced submarine action um, you know, it's fun. I never thought I would hear myself say that twice on this uh, podcast, but I actually read the exact same thing like four year five years ago, <laughs> like about this and uh, <laughs> it's made a resurgence. So, uh, yeah, the, the game is a, a little bit interesting though. The, the way that the history actually laid out. So even though it's it's a little bit older. It actually had several iterations.
1: Yeah, the first the game's actually gone through a lot of changes over the year. The original version started out... Uh, th- so I got this from an article that Dugan wrote on uh, Gamasutra, and I'm going to post the link to it because it's really great. Um, so it started off as an indie game on Xbox Live Indie Games. It was like as an experimental project. They didn't release it there. It actually, there was a conversation to get it on the PlayStation Mobile launch in October of 2012, which was like kind of the replacement for the PlayStation minis. They were smaller games. They weren't like full retail releases. Uh, they had to be very, very limited too. Like I think um, they had to run on a, like an Android phone. So they were very, very basic. Then uh, a year later in 2013, it was released officially on Xbox Live Indie Games. And they added co-op and easy mode. In 2014, it sort of saw its first official full release. It had the PC and Steam versions, which added arcade mode, New weapons, achievements, Uh, then they they went back and reworked it for PS4 and Vita, so it had better graphics, more bosses. That was the Aqua Kitty DX release. And then the final version, so to speak, was Aqua Kitty Ultra Deluxe, which released on Xbox One in 2016, which included a new mode, Dreadnought Mode, where you attack these giant ships, uh more music and then again ultra deluxe re-released on switch in 2018 with some additional enhancements so it's kind of like progressively improving over time um like the game in 2012 is very different from the one in 2016 or 2018 but it's really cool to see that and the core team as you mentioned the lead designer and artist is dugan jackson the lead developer for aqua kitty was uh i actually don't know how to pronounce his name gabor dorka is that is that right I think that's about right, yeah. And uh, Mark Day handled the music and sound effects as Electric Café. And a few additional credits. William Bell handled the PS4 and Vita ports. And the classic box
2: art was by David Hankin
0: great bugs though. Yeah. oh yeah it's just fantastic it yeah. yeah yeah
2: um the game has several different modes um there's a classic mode that's similar to defender where you work your way across the sea map defending milk mining kitties from all the different robotic fish um mark summed that up really nice for us earlier on um mm-hmm. the uh, arcade mode which remixes uh, the game more like a like a gradius style thing where you start at level one and you uh get one life to make your way all the way through. You collect different green gems to upgrade your weapons it's very similar to the gradius style um the dreadnought mode which is the udx only version that takes you down uh into this deep meow trench. <laughs> trench that, that's, yeah, that's like the mariana yeah. trench yeah yeah <laughs> meow um and uh there you have to fight through a bunch of multi-screen enemy crafts with turrets and other things and rescuing imprisoned kittens um, then Infinite Espresso, which is a special challenge where you get no milk mines to defend, just pure survival. And uh, you can play these, you know, single player by yourself or uh, two player co-op, um, couch co-op. So uh, I, I don't think I ever played it two player because I had nobody sit next to you to play. I
1: I have and it's actually more frustrating because if one player dies, both players die. So if you have somebody oh, that's not no. as good, you're going to get mad at them and it's, it's not a... I, Have personal experience with that (laughs) 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 because my wife's not a gamer and you know she can hold her own but it's sort of like (laughs) why did we already die (laughs) uh you can also turn on an easy mode which makes things a little bit more manageable but it's still a pretty
2: tough game uh did you play the game a a lot mark when you were writing music for it
0: uh yeah they'd send builds over um but yeah you know it's um it's like you said it's like greatest it's a bit like defender so I didn't need to play it too much. You kind of, um, you know, get the idea. You get into the vibe. Yeah, you get the idea. Um, obviously, um, as uh, when I'm doing the sound effects and stuff, um, need to sort of uh, test all the different levels and make sure all the sound effects are balanced and stuff like that. So yeah, I ended up playing it quite a lot. <laughs>
1: The sound nice. of the cat getting abducted is burned into my brain already. <laughs> like every maybe 20 seconds, these little octopus things try to capture your cats, and you just hear this meow, and you're like, oh no, <laughs> yeah. I got my bass. Uh, i
0: tell you what's funny about that sound. It's uh, it's from it's from the sound library called the General Series, and um, I think pretty much everyone, maybe, I don't know whether it's just people in England use it or whether it's people um, all over the world, but my son's been watching um like some some kids programs and every now and again i just hear that same sample the cat sound and it's <laughs> on like this uh, bbc show in england i keep hearing it <laughs> it's the same sample i used that's it so i can't remember the awesome. show but um I can't, yeah, I can't remember what it is that it's on.
1: There's one of those, a few of those samples that just make the rounds, especially in like children's shows, because they have like, you know, spring sounds and like, you know, things falling and you just can't get away from it. You hear something and it's like, didn't I hear that somewhere else? And you absolutely did.
0: (laughs) I think basically uh, a cat got recorded once sometime long ago and everyone has used this one recording (laughs) ever since. That's pretty good. (laughs) It's like all the perfect, all the the moods captured. So, yeah.
1: It was, I I remember in movies, there was like one door slam sound effect that for 10 years, every time they did it, you heard the same exact sound effect. (laughs) Same kind of thing. Yeah,
0: exactly. (laughs) They all sound the same. That's how sound effects works. Yeah.
2: Awesome. Well, let's get into our next track here. This is called Kitty Rock from Aqua Kitty, Milk Mind Defender, composed by Electric Cafe. (laughs) Thank <laughs> Was Kitty Rock from Aqua Kitty composed by Mark Day. Oh, I think this is one of my favorite
1: tracks from the original Aqua Kitty soundtrack. It, the, the little Me flourishes too. in there just like get the
2: get the little hairs on my my arm tingling. it It's very like uh, new to like uh, absences of sound too or just make make everything sound so kind of like uh, robotic and edgy. I, I love it. This is a great track. Mark, tell us your thoughts about it. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, when, um,
0: when we... When me and Dugan sort of talk about the soundtrack, um, sort of how we're going to approach, you know, w- what kind of sound we want, you know, I, I said earlier about, you wanted this kind of halls feel, to can type um, What I do then is I, I sort of go and listen to a lot of stuff and in my iTunes or Spotify or whatever, I just collect loads of tracks and then start to order them, you know, here's track one, I want it to be like these tracks. Um, so for this one, I, I remembered I'd been going through um, I think SID Play, so a load of Commodore 64 tracks, and I was just looking for a riff, um, an idea, just to set get me going on it. And I think it was um, um, a game called Stunt Bike Simulator, and it had this and ama- I I think the game is awful, um, probably, but it had this this music on it and it had this opening riff. I didn't I didn't steal the riff or anything. Um, but it's, it's it gave me enough inspiration to, <laughs> to to write that kind of, you know, the, the opening riff on it. Um, and it went from there, basically. So once you have that, um, the, uh, the starting point for your track, just drop the percussion in, and then then you've got the vibe, and you can you know, write all the different parts. And that's how that track developed. Um, it has this, um, I think, basically, we had um, the first two minutes for a long time, so i think i had a break and i had to go and do something and then i came back to it this one i did come back to and then i wrote the breakdown section um i think a few months later and it um it, it all worked out in the end thankfully but it had a, I i think it has a sort of decola esque vibe on that one maybe i was listening to some transformers or something
1: at the time <laughs> <laughs> absolutely I literally just came up in one of our previous episodes <laughs> oh really yeah, yeah. yeah. somebody Genius. was talking about because uh, they were writing a the soundtrack for a game called 198 x and very 80s inspired so yeah vinstacola popped up but i would yep. say kitty rock is definitely what i would call a master class and something my professor would always call mileage so how do you stretch a lot of <laughs> musical content out of, or like you know a lot of interesting ideas out of like just a core set of ideas and i think this is a really really cool yeah. track
2: yeah yeah and exactly. I think that exactly. i i expected it to kind of persist through that you know that first minute before you kind of get into the breakdown and I, I didn't expect much change because sometimes we hear this repetitive nature to uh game audio that kind of keeps you know everything moving forward but then you completely change up the track and um i i really like that it's just such a refreshing kind of um Reintroduction to Kitty Rock,
0: yeah, yeah, um, yeah. This one does repeat over, doesn't it? And then um, you have, but it, it's this is like um, like Jean was saying, it's um, it's development of the same material. So even though it's always a, you know the same riff all the time, it's you're doing it in different ways as you go through the track. So it keeps it fresh for the listener. And then, like you were saying, Brian, you get to the breakdown, and then it's yeah, it's sort of the payoff. It's up. Like the tension builds up, and then you get to the breakdown. So, um, yeah, this track, simple ideas, but yeah, you know, I'm happy with this one.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I think it turned out great. It turned out great. So, uh, real quick though, Mark Day, we've we've kept bringing up Electric Cafe, Electric Cafe. This is your production company. Can you tell us? It's a one man army, right? So, could you tell us a little bit about how Electric Cafe started?
0: Yeah, I started it as a as a, as a company because I thought maybe what's going to do. Um, video games and then TV and film as well, um, so that, that was why I sort of had this sort of Electric Cafe name and actually Electric Cafe I've been using for, for years and years really as my sort of I was DJ name back in the <laughs> late <laughs> 90s, uh, so it's, it's a name that kind of, it's, it's travelled with me for, for a long time. Um, yeah, and um, I think in the last few years I've sort of um, I'm starting to sort of use my own name now. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm not doing so much of the TV stuff. That was uh, that was just a, a sort of small period. Uh, I was in doing some stuff for a production company that uh, supplied stuff to the um, BBC in England, um, which is uh, it's quite funny because I think I only wrote a few albums worth of stuff, and, and still like I'll turn on the TV now, and it'll be like. Um, a reality tv show
3: something
0: (laughs) and one of my tracks will pop up in the background (laughs) like this is like 10 years ago now but so yeah that's how that stuff works um but i haven't done any films yet (laughs) so uh uh, but yeah just video games when it comes up
2: do you find yourself uh enjoying working on video game soundtracks more or would you like to focus more on like media
0: yeah and much prefer video games um i mean i'm i'm doing a lot of programming these days anyway um which is why my video game music output is not so prol- prolific as it has been but um yeah i think video games is pretty much my life so <laughs> it's, uh, it's well uncomfortable
3: i think
1: we're in the same uh, like, boat. Pro-
0: yeah programming and uh, doing the music
1: so well welcome to the show that's our our life too a little bit <laughs> yeah <laughs> um so We've talked a lot about Aqua Kitty, uh, but we wanted to actually jump back kind of around the same time and talk a little bit briefly about a game you worked on with Tiki Pod called Rock Boschers. So yeah. we're actually going to play the title theme from that, the Rock Boshers title theme, also composed by Mark Day.
2: That was the Rock Boshers theme from Rock Boshers, composed by Mark Day. A little bit of RoboCop in there, uh, <laughs> but I like it. it's a really great I like tune.
1: It. I mean, it sounds uh, very much. It was, I think, it was uh, around the same time, right? If I have my credits right, Rock Boshers Deluxe came out at the same time as Kitty in like 2012. So I can understand that you're sort of in the same place. But this is a very different kind of game. It's it's very very like ZX Spectrum graphics and single screen action. Um, what was different about the way you wrote for this game versus Aqua Kitty?
0: Yeah, um, obviously, yeah, Dugan is a big fan of the Spectrum. Um, and for this one, yeah, he wanted a, a Spectrum soundtrack. I didn't want to limit myself totally. Like, you know, there's um, a lot of composers like to you know, do it really faithfully to the, to the chip. That, um, you know, like if it was a Spectrum, they'd limit themselves completely. Um, I'm not so into that as long as it sounds um, you know sounds okay (laughs) and sounds like it matches the visuals I think that's what's more important because I think with Spectrum you'd have like like one or two channels or something of square wave (laughs) something like that (laughs) and for for people playing the game these days I think we don't have to limit ourselves that deeply for um the spectrum so yeah i mean i cheated for you know, used a little bit of delay here to make it smoother and with the chip sounds yeah it's i always round them off a little bit um and the idea with using the effects is that it should be a bit transparent so it's there but you don't quite notice it you know
2: well, i think that's fair though because you know there's no there's no reason to be a purist about anything that doesn't <laughs> yeah. need to be there you yeah. know you're not uh, the game isn't running on a zx spectrum so why do you have to <laughs> compose for it you know so um i think taking the the essence of the spectrum the some of the best points of it and then morphing it into your own thing is actually better than trying to recreate the exact same sound so yeah we're definitely yeah, not yeah. purists on this
1: show we like music of all <laughs> different stripes you know that You know, Shovel Knight is a fantastic example of one of those soundtracks you were talking about, but there's not too many out there that are of that caliber, so it's hard to kind of strictly limit yourself. So, totally understand. Why not use modern production?
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And, like I say, as long as it's, you know, the job is to provide music that fits the visuals. So, um, you know, that's the priority. Um, And it's like you said, um, I think you mentioned Robocop. I think Dugan did specifically say that he liked that tune um so so yeah it's, it's no secret there's a little bit of that in there um definitely the opening riff um but obviously the, the rest of the track is uh, <laughs> just sounds like i'm ripping off all these different artists <laughs> hey
2: that's that's how the best musicians are
0: made but yeah it's a little bit like um, you know sampling is and also game designers that's how they think as well it's um when I speak to game producers, well, they all they'll always say, "I want it to sound like this. I want it to sound like that." So, and if you don't meet them halfway, they're not happy. So, uh, but Dugan's always happy. But <laughs> talking about
3: some, <laughs> some other
0: producers, <laughs> maybe. Um, but yeah, it's it's kind of how it works. You know, you need to compose to the brief, but then put your own stamp on it as well. So, um, luckily, people who who want to work with me and pick me because of my styles and I'm lucky enough that there's projects out there that my style
2: suits. It's a really good way to look at it say that you know um, rather than try to be the you know one all kind of like the catch all artist Yeah, you know your your area and you really focus on that and um, kind of hope that people that are looking for that will choose you to do their soundtracks and I think that's actually a good way of uh, composing because it's uh, you're you're not trying to be something you're not and uh, you can actually put out your best your best foot forward always so that's really good yeah sure I mean I, I like composing um, I do different styles but
0: it's video game music like this that I love composing you know I'll enjoy every day while I'm working on projects like this and um you know, that's what's what, what life's about. It's like doing things you enjoy.
2: So. so Gene, you're the only one that's played well, I mean, I guess <laughs> Marcus played it too. But uh, I have not played Rock Boshers. Um I, I just seen screenshots. Could you just briefly tell us about yeah, the game? Yeah, I
1: don't I don't have any notes here, but Rock Boshers is kind of like it's a little bit like gauntlet. So like you're you start in like a single screen gauntlet. You walk around, you can fire in eight directions. There's like um places where enemies spawn from you have to break through rocks with your various different kinds of weapons and usually you, there's a lot of like obstacles sometimes you'll have to open up a gate by pressing a couple of switches but the goal is always to get to the end of the stage and I think in some of them you may have to kill all of the enemies and you look at screenshots it's hard to tell but the game is again really really hard I think I got about two-thirds of the way through it before I just kind of threw it down in frustration (laughs) i'm I'm decent
2: (laughs) at games but like this one definitely does not go easy on you (laughs) so going back over to aqua kitty with all the continued success of the first game after its initial release in 2012 the 2016 update of aqua kitty also included some new music so let's take a listen to the track from the extended soundtrack this is called in the hunt from aqua kitty udx composed by mark day That was In the Hunt from Aqua Kitty UDX, composed by Mark Day, or Electric Cafe. You know, I heard the first soundtrack, and I thought, oh, man, it can't get any better. And this Ultra Kitty Deluxe Extended Tracks are just so good. They they really are just, like, you kept the energy all the way through um, that first soundtrack, and then you just kind of built on top of it and created this. And I think every, there's only, like, four tracks in the Extended uh, soundtrack but they're all powerhouses this is really I mean it was hard to narrow it down to just one for the show <laughs> yeah I, I really love
1: it I think of all of them this is the one that I knew we had to include in the show and I, I I'm kind of curious from your perspective what was it like coming back to a game that now four years later was still successful enough for this new re-release and Dugan's like hey we have new video game modes we probably need some new music can you come back yeah. and do some more for us
0: Uh, Yeah, um, it was cool, because obviously I really enjoyed um, working on the first soundtrack. So uh, getting the opportunity to do do more Aqua Kitty music was was awesome. Um, Slightly different approach. I used, um, like I said before, um, I I think I've moved on to Mac by now, so I was using the chip sounds on this one. So it feels, um, it's got more rounded sound. not necessarily a good thing um because i love the the ymvst of the the first one but it, it is a bit thinner sounding um but yeah um i think i've been playing a lot of uh, final fantasy when i wrote uh, these tracks because uh, i think this in the hunt's definitely yeah, a bit like uh, a battle theme maybe from final fantasy or something <laughs> um but yes yeah, this is um it's actually it's it's This track and um, the Roll Tide track on this album are tracks that I'm quite proud of. Um, Like I was saying earlier, you know, when you sit down to compose, um, it's very difficult to actually write something good and something that you're proud of. Um, And quite often, you know, it it becomes formulaic and you think, oh yes, that's okay, it'll it'll fit the brief bits. you know, it's, it's nothing out, nothing that's pushing the boundaries or anything. Whereas, um, I think in the hunt and especially roll tide, there's some of my better compositions um, in terms of musicality. Um, I think I use a sort of different um, time signatures in roll tide uh, that I haven't used before and stuff like that. So. I'm finding myself talking about roll tide instead of in the hunt. So well, that's, I, so that's I guess,
2: okay. I mean, maybe, that's maybe okay. we should play. Do we need? Do we? Do we need to play Let's it? Let's play I roll think tide. Play yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> <laughs> the voice bar mark day. That was the little bonus track we threw in from Aqua Kitty UDX called Roll Tide, composed by Mark Day, since he wouldn't stop talking about it. <laughs> uh, no, this, is a, this is a great track. Uh, like, honestly, we had this on the list and we were just like stressed about time. So we were thinking like, um, you know, maybe we'll just pick one. Um, but it's a great track. Super fun. You know, you mentioned earlier that the tracks maybe are a little thinner. I actually don't
1: think that's really, I mean, I, I don't know if you meant that necessarily in a negative way, but I feel like there's no, more like- of a, it's, it's an evolved sound. And this track in particular is almost more synth wavy. Uh, it, it has way yeah, yeah. more synth wavy, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But okay. I do I do especially love the raw energy of the original Aqua Kitty soundtrack, but yeah, you sure. packed in a lot of great music in the Ultra Deluxe, despite there only being four tracks. They're all really fantastic.
0: Yeah, I think um, one of the things when I'm writing game music, I've, I've got to, I'm, n- <laughs> I've got to be careful not to write music that sounds good on CD. <laughs> I've got to remember it's video game music and it should, um, you know, fit the action. Um, but I do fall into it sometimes. And I think, I think Roll Tide maybe is one of those tracks that uh, is is re- a really good CD listening track. Um, you'll have to ask Dugan whether he thinks it fits the game. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Again, I, Sorry, I'm coming off negative sometimes. Try not. Well, Try not. We're
2: definitely, we're definitely not editing, editing of that out. So. <laughs> no, it's fine.
1: <laughs> it, it works. I, I'm picturing this. I think yeah, yeah. this plays during the dreadnought mode, which everything is yeah. like darker, more sinister. I think the mood of the tracks definitely works really well in context.
0: Yeah, I guess what I'm saying, I suppose I, I compose this track for myself <laughs> more than the game. So, uh, yeah, but so uh, there we are.
1: If it makes you feel any better, <gasps> awesome. um, one thing I, so sometimes when I'm trying not to bother my wife too much, I'll have the game on like <laughs> super quietly. And even still, you've mixed it in such a way that she'll be like, oh, I really, I remember this one. I really like the music to this game. So even when oh, cool. I'm trying not to bother people, like they can pick up on it. So.
2: I, I have this music playing a lot in the background of while I work and stuff, and uh, people always ask me like, "What is? What are you listening to?" Like, and I'll tell them it's from a game, and I'm like, "No, <laughs> really? I'm like, oh, yeah, it is." Mission accomplished. I think you did a great job. <laughs> yeah, CD quality, right? Um, so, in 2018, you released an album. We wanted to bring this up, uh, kind of a side project with Cody Carpenter, uh, titled "Shadow Spears Volume One." And we're going to play a track from it here and talk a little bit more about the project. This is Victory Road from Shadow Spirits Volume 1, composed by Cody Carpenter and Mark Day.
1: That was Victory Road from Shadow Spirits, Volume 1, composed by Electric
2: Cafe, or Mark Day, and Cody Carpenter. Yeah, this is a really cool album and really interesting concept. The first time I heard it, I i mean, I would have sworn it was a game if I had not known ahead of time what the project was actually about. But um, really awesome, like kind of early, like almost like, a, like some weird between 16 8-bit era it has like this really high like konami or action energy to it um maybe not konami maybe more like capcom or something like that i would say sega it reminds me a
1: lot of oh there Woon. you go yeah, yeah sega. quartet yeah.
2: yeah like outrun mm. uh hang
1: on the da, 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 <laughs> da. yeah very yeah that, that kind of <laughs> power ballad or you know guitar solo stuff <laughs> yeah, I don't know where Konami came from, but yeah. Uh, so um, Shadow Spirits, I'll I'll give like a brief intro, and you can correct me if I'm wrong. So this is what I got. It's an it's an album to an imaginary JRPG inspired by classic eight and sixteen bit titles, and it's available on iTunes and Bandcamp through Scarlet Moon Records. So what is uh, what started this project? Tell us a little bit about it. Um,
0: yeah, actually, it was my idea. Um, I'd uh, I'd coded a game for mobile. This um, Athletics game called Tap Track Heroes, and uh, I attempt in some um, Cassiopeia tracks. Um, <laughs> oh, nice, <laughs> you know Cassiopeia? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: T Square Cassiopeia. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I ta- attempt some of those in, you know, for title screen and stuff like that. And uh, I think I was running out of time. You know, usually I do, I do the music myself, of course but I just, I'd run out of time and I think the Olympics was coming up and I wanted to put this game out for the Olympics in Rio happened. So I just, um, I'd been a fan of Cody's stuff for a long time. So I just, I sent him an email and just asked him if I could use his music. So, uh, I identified two tracks that I needed or I wanted to use from his stuff. Um, and yeah, he was, he was really cool about it and, um, he was <laughs> really sort of geeked out to be on a game, so uh, yeah, that's how we met and um, so I used his music on that and then we, it, he, um, he helped me to sort of test the game and stuff like that, he's, um, he's really cool and, and we sort of got talking after that about doing some music together, um, both being musicians, so I think um, we didn't have the concept for a st- start to do an album. We just said let's let's do one track, see how that works. So he, Cody would write some stuff and um, sort of send it over, send all the MIDI parts over, and um, I'd write some stuff, add it add it in, and then um, I do this, I do all the production afterwards. Uh, and that's kind of that was generally the process um, for the compositions. And we had a few tracks and. We thought, oh, this is pretty easy, because I think we were doing the tracks in like a, a day or two each, and it was quite organic, and it was just flowing, so we just went from there. We um, had these four tracks eventually, and then I, I sort of came up with the concept of doing um, a video game soundtrack, you know, a fake video game soundtrack, mm-hmm. um, inspired by yeah, Japanese RPGs, basically. Probably I've been playing Final
1: Fantasy again during that period. So. Um, There's about a dozen songs on the album. So after those initial four, did you just say, let's keep going with this? Is that kind of how it went? Yeah,
0: so those those four weren't written specifically for the album, but we knew that they could fit in. Um, So I think we tweaked them slightly to um, to sort of fit into a sort of storyline. And I I had the idea of doing some preludes and stuff to try and make it feel like um, there's a progression from the start of the album to the end. You know, like like you would in a video game.
2: Oh man, you know what would be really cool is if you actually made this a game, and and, and yeah. but like it would be complete reverse, right? You would start with the music and and uh, like a kind of a fake game idea, and then build a game around it. Wow, that would be quite the opposite of what uh, most games are based on. So yeah, I'm still
0: waiting for someone to come along to <laughs> to do that. I think it would be a big Dugan, project. Dugan yeah, do- <clears throat> yeah, exactly, Dougan. <laughs> so, uh, next next one maybe. Uh, But yeah, that was the idea. Is we we shared a love for RPG games, and I think Cody particularly liked. um, You know, we both had Super Nintendos and played the RPGs like Chrono Trigger and stuff like that. So we had a shared love for um, Japanese prog rock and uh, (laughs) Japanese RPGs, Um, (laughs) and that's really that's yeah, and that was where the concept for the album came from, really. So um, yeah, it was. It was really great working on that album. Like I said before, I've always been a fan of Cody's stuff, so I find it very easy to work with his. I mean, he's he's a brilliant musician. Musically, he's <laughs> he's way beyond me. Right, uh, well,
2: it, 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 the music talent in his family um, is is quite strong.
1: Yeah, right. He's uh, <laughs> if we, if that wasn't clear, he is uh, related to John Carpenter. That's his father. You know, the the famous director and composer from. 70s, 80s onwards. Uh, yep. But he's so, he's sort of been making his name known a little bit in the video game circles. I, I had this conversation with Brian. I'm like, wait, sure. I was just talking about Cody Carpenter in a different context entirely. Is it the same guy? Oh, yeah, totally. It's the same guy. It is, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, he's he's been doing stuff with Materia Collective. He has his own works. Um, I I haven't really looked at his stuff too closely, but if it's anything like this album, I'm going to check out more of it for sure.
0: Oh, yeah,
2: his solo albums are fantastic. Awesome. Yeah, so we are talking about this track that you, uh, that you did together with um, Cody Carpenter. Um, we're going to move on to another track here. And, and one of the things we talked about in our email exchange is that you have a number of projects coming up um, in the near term, including some really cool retro stuff. Uh, a Double Dragon project that you're working on specifically complete with some old-school Amiga mods, uh, which we're going to play a track from. Could you tell us about this project?
0: Uh, yeah. Um, so... Um, this this happened because um, unfortunately my dad died recently, and it sort of got me thinking about. I mentioned earlier I got the Amiga sort of um, as a Christmas present um, along with my brothers, and so I I still had the Amiga, so I got it back out and you know sort of reminiscing about those sort of times and things, and so I got the Amiga working and started playing around with it, and because I'd done some you know done some coding, I thought maybe I'd try and, you know, code something for the Amiga as a as a sort of fun thing to do.
3: Sweet. <laughs> people, who,
0: people who code on the Amiga will probably say it's not fun to code on the Amiga. <laughs> um, but uh, that's, yeah, that's kind of where the idea came from. Um, so sort I've of got playing around with it. And um, so I got in contact with a friend of mine um, and said, oh, you know, would you be interested in doing a sort of, lockdown social thing every friday where we just meet up for an hour and you know we just do some coding on the amiga uh not expecting him to say yes to that of course <laughs> um but yeah he was well up for it and so we're learning you know it's, it's still early days on this but um, we've learned all about the hardware <laughs> and we're, we're coding this in c um so it's it's a big challenge but it's it's a lot of fun actually and we we have a square moving around on the screen, so yeah, it's good. You're yeah. Halfway there. <laughs> That's, you're halfway there. Yeah,
2: like the hardest part is, is already done. So yeah, yeah. I, I,
0: honestly, that is the hardest part. So, I mean, you ha- actually have to draw things to the screen, so you know.
2: So, well, this is a good, this is a good example because this uh, we talked about earlier. You know, you make a game out of uh, out of the uh, the music you did for the uh, imaginary JRPG. You have a, a really great track out here. It's called Industrial uh, from Double Dragon Amiga. and uh, let's let's take a listen. This is uh, pretty awesome. was industrial area for double dragon amiga remixed by electric cafe or mark day and cody carpenter
1: that is a fun update of that track um i actually went back and listened to the amiga double dragon soundtracks because i don't really remember what the music was like and they're not great um but you actually did something kind of interesting you sent us two tracks and I think one of them's from the Double Dragon for the NES, and one of them was for the Double Dragon 2. So you're kind of remixing yeah. and, and grabbing from some of the best stuff, which, not a bad approach, actually. I like that idea.
0: Yeah, um, actually, I think the second track is um, from the advanced version. Because I got a plan for, for this Amiga version to add like, some additional levels, including the truck level so yeah
2: that's gonna yeah (laughs) Yeah.
0: so that's yeah that's uh, that's a truck level um (laughs) sounded really like
2: it Uh, thanks I practiced that like all night
0: yeah so 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 I've been put up (laughs) now um so, uh, go. i got we, we start
1: doing this kind of stuff all the time. Don't worry about us. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's, I suppose, it makes it fun, don't you? When it? When it's, uh, I'm sure someone will be entertained when they listen to this back. So, <laughs> we hope so. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, what was I saying? Uh, like the truck. something
1: about the truck level from the advanced version of uh, of uh, Double Dragon.
0: And actually, um, it's going to be the first level I think that we code because. I think it would probably be the easiest one because when you do a truck level it's basically just one, one, one you gotta screen you got to be the truck right yeah <laughs> yeah well right, yeah they're just done and they're not moving really You just moving the background and it makes it look like they're moving so it's going to be the easiest one we don't have to do a massive tile map or anything <laughs> and have you know scrolling and stuff we just have to move the background um, so yeah that's going to be the first level that we do, and we'll we'll show that off once it's done, and then obviously we'll go into hiding for five years and then um, say <laughs> 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 so that, we, yeah, we're still working on it. Uh, but no, honestly, um, this is uh, a project of, of sort of passion, I think. And um, it's, it's like my friend said, you know, it'd be a good thing to sort of honour my dad as well by um, making something cool for the Amiga. Um, for the Amiga community, that's uh, still out there. So
1: yeah, it's you know, um, it's kind of lived on a lot. I feel like of all of the computer systems out there, the Amiga has the most love. So you know, contributing to it is definitely something I, I, I think a lot of people would approve of.
0: Yeah, and um, I think Double Dragon. I don't think it really ever got a good home port. Because even the Mega Drive version. Because um, I've been collecting a lot of games recently. And I was looking at looking at the Mega Drive version, but it's it's just not there. I mean, the graphics are there, but the sound effects are not there. So, and Double Dragon was all about the crunch of um, you know bone on bone. So, if you haven't got that, then uh, yeah, we're hoping this will be like a good home port. Um, I mean, I actually I say that the NES version was fantastic. Um, I think the Master True. System was okay as well, um, but the NES was a different game wasn't it? Um slightly different to the arcade so
2: Yeah, very different from the yeah, arcade. Yeah, it's
0: kind of RPG RPG elements almost to it. Um so we're hoping this will be yeah, you know, like as close to the arcade as possible but adding an, an Amiga sort of stamp on it at the same time with the music um and um adding a few extra things from the uh, Game Boy Advance version. And we're taking. A, I'm taking a few little musical ideas from Jake Kaufman's um, Neon Double Dragon Neon soundtrack yeah, yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like some of his arrangements on on, on those tracks, fantastic. So uh, oh, they were. I think really, the industrial I loved that soundtrack.
2: Yeah, the
0: industrial version I did uses um, his his use of brass. You know, he used it uh, really funky. His version. So hmm. I've kind of done an Amiga version of almost of his version. <laughs> <laughs> it's, got, nice. it's, gone, it's gone a long way around to come to the Amiga <laughs> um, but
2: yeah awesome, awesome so um, you also mentioned that you have music in an upcoming game called Neopolis for PS4 and PC yeah. from developers OmniSystems crea- uh, the creators of Floria Could you tell us about this project before we get into the uh, teaser trailer yeah sure that's um, that's kind of uh, a kind of syndicate
0: Blade runner thing do you know, you know syndicate sound? oh of yeah. course yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, sort of cyberpunk kind of thing. And, um, and Rudolf, who is um, OmniLabs, he asked me to write a sort of synthwave soundtrack for it. I worked with Rudolf um, sort of back in the day and sort of we shared a love for the same kind of uh, music, uh, both funk and synthwave. So, um, yeah, when it came to him write, uh, making this game, Yeah, we spoke about um, a lot of synthwave stuff. To be honest, I've been writing synth... I don't know, call it synthwave these days, but I've always been writing this kind of music (laughs) before (laughs) it was even called synthwave. I'm not saying I created the genre or anything, Uh, but it's it's one of those things that, you know, I loved, you know, music by Tangerine Dream and obviously John Carpenter music. That's that's the kind of stuff I I really sort of love listening to. Um, So... Yeah, when it came to doing the soundtrack, it's um, another like dream project almost to to write sort of dark synthy, yeah, Blade runnery
2: kind of thing. Well, I think you've hit all the uh, the marks on this one. This is uh, this is a really good track. Let's take a listen real quick. This is from the teaser trailer from Neopolis.
1: That was the teaser trailer from the upcoming PC and PS4
2: game Neopolis, composed by Mark Day. I love this one. The first time I heard it, I immediately drew in a ton of different comparisons. But I think that what you really nailed here is the just that just dark and um, gritty sound from like early '80s um, like horror movies or suspense or maybe even TV shows. Um, a little bit of um, you know um, X Files kind of feeling in there. Uh, that I really like. I, I think that this has all of that those kind of uh, earmarks of, of horror, I guess, from the 80s.
1: You know, uh, since 80s retro is so in, I mean, put this front and center. You mentioned you haven't worked on a film yet. I'm sure uh, there's people out there that are looking for exactly this kind of thing. Uh, I just watched the film Mandy about a couple of years back. It's exactly mm-hmm. this kind of thing. It's like an 80s retro throwback slasher-ish kind of film. This would fit perfectly in there.
0: <laughs> yeah, I really enjoyed... Um writing this whole soundtrack and this this track in particular came off really nicely um i got to use um, a lot of hardware synths. very nice um on this soundtrack like the juno 106 and uh my beloved yamaha dx7 and <laughs>
3: um,
0: i think um and i've sold it now but i had a profit um oh Profit, something I can't remember what it's called, (laughs) Um, but not Profit Five, like the budget version of the Profit Five, and you get some like awesome, dirty sounds from it. So (laughs) yeah, Um, this soundtrack was written like with some like proper hardware stuff, and I I suppose it's more soundtracky kind of film style music on this one, and actually. This, the the version you played is more arranged for the trailer, but um, the in-game tracks are all set at tempos, so um, they mix into each other, hmm. and they have oh, intros cool. and outros, so when you're playing the game, sometimes I think um, some of the battles can be like uh, 20 minutes to 30 minutes long, so the soundtrack um, changes over time in a sort of more like a DJ-style mix um, and we have, I think, we have like um, contrasting moods as well. So it um, it reacts to how much uh, action is on the screen. So there's an ambient version of this track, and then there's a battle version of this track. So it blends in when when danger is close, and um, so you, it works really well in game.
1: That's very cool. Yeah, and you
0: you get the feel of um, yeah that you're in trouble.
1: <laughs> yeah, I can't wait to listen to the soundtrack. It's going to be great. One of the the big changes that's made um, modern soundtracks a little bit harder for this show is that with all that dynamic music, sometimes if the composer doesn't cut a version specifically for the soundtrack, it's a little harder for us to to either rip something or get something that works in a show. So um, we're glad you cut this for the trailer, but we're definitely excited to hear how the rest of the soundtrack turns out for sure.
2: Absolutely.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, Yeah, there isn't any... There's no definite versions of the other tracks, and uh, they're kind of yeah made to loop and stuff like that. So I think uh, I think after the game is released, I'll I'll do a um, like a, a soundtrack release for it. That's my plan, anyways.
2: So we played you know all the stuff from Aqua Kitty, um, Aqua Kitty UDX, Rockbusters, just played the Neopolis. yeah Rockbusters, Double Dragon, Neopolis trailer. Where can people find this music or purchase it?
0: Yeah, you can. Find it all on my website, electriccafe.xyz, um, and it has um, has a store section with um, you know links to whatever you, you want to uh, use, like Spotify or iTunes and things like that. Bandcamp.
2: Excellent, excellent. And um, I think the uh, the other one, the um, spirits, is on Bandcamp as well, yes. right? Shadow on spirits. Red's yeah, uh, right.
1: Scarlet Moon. Sorry, it's on Scarlet Moon
2: Records. Yeah, Scarlet Moon. Oh, right, right awesome yeah so we're getting close to the end of the show here but we've got one last topic to discuss and this is really exciting in june dugan tweeted some images teasing something that looks a lot like a new aqua kitty game could you tell us about this project
0: yeah it's um it doesn't have an official name yet um it's a sequel to aqua kitty this one has more rpg elements and is looking a lot of fun there's not much more i can say about it um at the moment um I'm not sure if I get into trouble with
1: Dugan. But, you can leave uh, it right there yeah. and that's fine. Yeah. We we often have a lot of uh well what's coming next, well we can't talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um to me
0: actually it I mean obviously I've uh, sort of play tested it and things. To me it feels a bit like um like a Echo the Dolphin kind of thing where you're sort of exploring and going around um, solving puzzles and things like that. Oh, um, awesome. it's really really cool stuff what they've done with the, uh, uh, the sort of graphics engine and things like that it's,
2: I'm really impressed well I'm really looking forward to it now so I'm,
1: I'm excited for the weird Xenomorph fight at the end for no reason <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah <laughs> of the
0: the aliens level that was in every game <laughs> in the 80s
2: <laughs> awesome so um, today we covered Aqua Kitty we talked about the other projects along with some music from Cody Carpenter pretty much everything composed by Mark Day here um awesome soundtrack that we've just been wanting to get on the show for a very long time if you want to know more about the show you can check us out on pixelatedaudio.com for our show notes and our track list we can also be found on twitter at pixelatedaudio and discord the link is on our website yeah and if you want to leave comments
1: for us either on our website on facebook on youtube uh anywhere that you find us please leave us a comment give us some feedback if you have any suggestions we've been getting a few more of those which is great um, we've got some great shows coming up in the near future, but we're always happy to hear from our fans. Whatever it is you got to say, we, uh, we we love to hear from people. Awesome! And if you're new to our podcast, make sure to check out some of our recent episodes. Uh, we just did a great series of episodes about 198x uh, and Airport CEO, both with the audio production company Sinfoni. They're very different from each other but both really great. And we just did a short show on Hover Racing, which is a kind of an odd indie game for the PlayStation 1, which is worth checking (laughs) out. And yeah, I think that's it for past episodes. And what can you tell us about this last track that's taken out the show, Mark?
0: Yeah, sure. I had the um, pressure of trying to make a track that uh, people liked as much as (laughs) Buttermilk Bay on the uh, first soundtrack. So yeah, this was, again, one of those tracks that I just... I attempted it many times. This one, in particular, and they're all bad. Uh, <laughs> but I just sat down one day and just had this idea to, to use some steel drums, and then this track came out. So there we are. <laughs> yeah.
2: Awesome! Thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to uh, come chat with us about your music. Really appreciate it.
0: Yeah, thank you guys. It's been an honor.
2: Yeah, it's been great having awesome. you on. So the track taking us out is from Stage One. And this is Aqua Kitty Two, or whatever Dugan plans on calling it. And thank you guys so much for listening. We'll see you back in a few weeks for the next episode.